Thank you for listening to Exoplanetary. We love making the show for you, but we rely on your support to continue. Please consider becoming a monthly patron at patreon.com slash exoplanetary. If you'd like to make a one-time donation, you can do that through PayPal at paypal.me slash exoplanetary. You can find links and more information at our website, exoplanetarymedia.com. Any amount helps, and we are truly grateful for your support. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash exoplanetary, Instagram at exoplanetary, and on Twitter at exoplanetarypod. Exoplanetary, the adventures of the spacefaring Wolverton family far in the future. Ben Wolverton, Exoplanetary's leading android-human relations specialist, has taken his mission of creating a safe zone for unwanted or abused androids to a new level. With his android assistant and constant companion Lucy, Ben has secretly been importing androids and artificial intelligences to a theme park owned by Exoplanetary. Here, the mechanical misfits can forge a new destiny, but something is coming to disrupt Ben's dream in tonight's episode, an ingenious complication. So, tell me, Todd, how do you feel today? I'm good. It's been a productive day. What's a productive day like for you? What's a productive day like? It really depends. It's Saturday, so it starts a little later than normal. Weekdays, the family is moving through the kitchen between 6 and 7 a.m. Weekends, nobody's awake until 9 a.m. During the week, everyone wants toast. I would go so far as to say that this is a toast family. I'm glad I have four slots, because it's not unusual to have two or more of the kids in the kitchen at the same time. My nerves can't take the bickering, so if they can go at the same time, it reduces my stress level. Oh, but Mom came home with bagels this morning. So that meant everyone wanted one, even if they already had toast. (laughs) Weekdays, they're all out of the door by mid-morning. Saturdays, I don't get a moment to myself, because by the time breakfast is done, they're toasting rye bread for their sandwiches. But you get some time alone on weekdays. Take me through that. What's your downtime like? It's pretty sweet, really. I usually read the news. I prefer reading to the broadcast stuff. It's more in-depth, and with a few exceptions, you know you're getting some well-researched perspectives. Then I usually move over to the sink and shake out the old crumb grates. I like having privacy for that. Understandable. After that, there's not a lot of call for me until the next morning. Oh, sometimes after-school snacks, but not every day. Most days, I just wind down the clock chatting with my neighbors on the counter. Todd the coffee maker. Todd the juicer. Did it strike you as interesting that you were all named Todd? It did. We even had a little rhyme. Isn't it odd? We're all named Todd. Not Shakespeare or anything, but it was all we talked about for a while. It led to a number of deep, philosophical, and theological discussions. You read Shakespeare and all that? Well, I didn't start out as a fan, but Todd got me into it. Todd the... Oh, Todd the coffee maker. Sorry, we're all accustomed to it. I can imagine. Todd... Would it surprise you to learn that there aren't many sentient toasters out there? Well, I don't really know any other toasters. I have noticed on the rare occasion that I see a toaster mentioned in the news or in literature, nobody seems to ask for their opinion or anything. 
But then I've never noticed the family talking to me much at all, other than asking me to hurry up. Well, Todd, it's been great to get to know you. I think we're done here for now. Are you sure I can't get you anything, though? Some toast, maybe? You know, that would be great some other time. Uh, Ben, before you go, I was wondering when I was going to be getting back to the kitchen counter. I have a family to serve, and my friends will be concerned about me. Well, Todd, and I want to emphasize that you've done nothing wrong. But you may not be going back to the kitchen anytime soon. However, I think we'll be getting you and your friends together in the next day or so. Oh. All right. How bad is it, Wolverton? And am I safe from this thing, Ben? To answer your question first, Lucy, the isolation is just a precaution right now. This sentience virus can only run once, and it takes ten minutes to burn out. Once it finds its way into a home's operating system, the clock is ticking. But I'm not seeing anything to indicate that this malware is still active. Whoever thought that installing sophisticated computers into everything was a smart idea? I don't know, but I've interviewed every appliance in your home, Mr. Thompson. Each and every electrical item you own has achieved sentience and taken on the personality of a male named Todd. Oh, no! You're supposed to run protection software for that. I have mine running all the time. If you had an android like me living with you, she would suddenly be a Todd, just like your toaster in there. And that would be neglectful anthropomorphicide. The killing of an artificial sentience. I was late with a couple of payments. And now you have a house with a little extra personality, or rather several dozen iterations of the same personality. So what happens now? Do we sell them? Sell them? Mr. Thompson, you can't sell a sentient being any more than you could sell one of your children. As difficult as it may be to understand this, you have a moral obligation to look after the well-being of all of the Todds. What? Why? They're nearly useless since that virus hit. They don't function like they used to. The hairdryer won't work until it's finished its conversation with the toothbrush. How does that work? I mean, androids like me almost always speak, but I don't imagine a hairdryer has a speaker or vocal cords. For the interviews, I've been hooking them up to speakers. At home, they speak to one another via the household network. And then if you catch them in the middle of something, they go, just a minute, over the intercom. It's driving us up the wall. Malware is bad enough when it makes a machine useless. This is an ingenious complication. We've seen it a few times. Not Todd's particular strain. What do other people do? Live with it, usually. But I've never seen an entire house get taken over. This may be a first. Can't exoplanetary... Replace them? That's the thing, Mr. Thompson. When you leased the home from Exoplanetary, you signed a contract obliging you to take responsibility for any sentient beings you create during your residency. Did you read the contract? I I did, but I, I thought that meant children. The language is written that way to protect artificial sentience, Mr. Thompson. You mean protect Exoplanetary from taking responsibility for their smart junk? Well, I didn't create the virus. That's who's responsible. It was Chaturanga or the Curators or or one of those other terrorist groups. Perhaps. But these groups and their activities are common knowledge. It was your responsibility to protect yourself, not exoplanetaries. You mean I have to go back to my wife and kids and tell them that we're just stuck with the flippin' Todds? That there's nothing we can do? Thanks for nothing, Wolverton. It's kind of nice that people can't slam doors anymore, isn't it? Hey, what's the matter? 
most of these appliances are maxing out their capacity. They don't really have the memory to run that level of intelligence. They're all going to run out in a matter of days. When that happens... What could we do? To transfer each personality into a larger container. I'd suggest android brains, but Thompson won't agree to be on the hook for that, and I have no way to get my hands on that much hardware. I think the most humane thing to do would be to get them into new forms and find them new homes. Of course, we'll have to ask them what they want to do. It's their lives, after all. There are so many people out there who look at an android or AI and see only a machine. You see us as no different from people. That amazes me that you can be so compassionate. Human beings can be irresponsible. Androids like yourself are programmed to look after humanity. I suppose I just see it as my job to look after you, even if nobody else will. You're all heart. If you gentle Todds could please come to order, we can begin this meeting. I'll be chairman for the proceedings, but I want to be sure to hear from every Todd who has a question or concern. Now, we don't have enough speakers to go around, so send a ping to Lucy and she'll bring one over to you. And be patient, guys. I'm moving as fast as I can. The chair recognizes Todd, the food processor. When are we going back to the house? It's almost dinner time. The latest information I have is that the entire Thompson family has departed to one of the Saturnian moons. Mr. Thompson took a job with a different corporation, in a hurry, and his lease on the house will apparently be going into collections. Now, this is good news in the respect that we will have a bit more flexibility in terms of where you fellas can go from here. The bad news is that we're going to be a bit more constrained in our budget. Over here, boss. Uh, the chair recognizes Todd the ceiling fan. You said earlier today that we're all just days from running out of memory and malfunctioning. How is this sort of thing normally handled? Well, it's not that simple. I don't want to say that you've all been abandoned, but you've all sort of been abandoned. There isn't any easy way to say this. There's never been a situation like this before, and without your owners taking responsibility, everything is falling to me. My plan is to try to find some computer memory that can accommodate all of you before anything bad happens. But you have to appreciate, it's possible that we might not be able to make that happen in time. Oh, 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 getting getting lots of pings now, boss. Getting all the pings. The chair recognizes uh, Todd the toaster. What will happen to us if we die? Uh, uh, oh, no. Stop the wedding! Wait, Calvert? What, what are you doing here? How did you slam those doors open? Vladimir, they're in here! Oh, come on, Ben. What's so unusual about a man dropping in on his older brother? <laughs> so can you spare a few minutes or maybe a week or two? I'm sort of in the middle of something complicated here. It looks like you and your android were talking to a garage sale. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> it's a giant spider. Please, Ben, don't be so provincial. They prefer to be called arachnidians. We do? Yes, it's your favorite. Ben, who are these people? Uh, Lucy, this is my younger brother, Calvert. He's a scientist who works for Exoplanetary. He only shows up when he needs something. And my friend is Vladimir. He comes from another solar system. It must be quite a thrill to meet intelligent life. I mean, after hanging around with Ben. So, <laughs> not that it isn't nice to see you, but it's uh. horrible to see you and you still owe me money. Why are you here and what do you want? Can we talk somewhere other than here for a few minutes. It, it feels like a haunted storage unit. Don't worry, Ben. I'll try to keep the Todds entertained.
time travel? Trust me, my friend. Your brother came to my world and liberated me. Sadly, the woman he arrived with is still in custody. A woman? What? You haven't changed. It isn't like that. I met her in the 21st century and I have to get her back you there. You took someone out of the past? Oh. Mama's right. All intelligence and no common sense. Yeah, well, my problem trumps your little menagerie of second-hand store items by a factor of several million. No. I made a promise to these beings. They're sentient, and as much people as you or I are, and there is no one else out there who is going to look after their well-being. With respect, my new friend, you're talking about a few dozen gadgets with hopes and dreams. I come from a planet of people who have been taken over by a monster, a creation of your company, forgotten and disregarded and doing untold destruction. We want our hopes and dreams back. See? It isn't all my fault. We need to go back there with, 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 with weapons, with, with huge weapons. And, and, Damn it, and, Calvert, I get that you need me, but I have a responsibility. You never understood that, did you? <sighs> Not just taking responsibility for your actions, but acting <sighs> responsible and just being part of making this life better for... What are you doing? Well, while you were busy scolding me, I started building something that will help you sort out the Todds. What? Just like that? Yeah. That's the difference between being a glorified social worker for technological misfits and actually knowing something about technology. I have several degrees. I'm an engineer. You're too busy to give you a standing ovation right now, big brother. I am building the Todds a virtual reality server for them to inhabit until you and I have time to sit down and build the better bodies. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> well, if I write Vladimir a list, will your uh, android be able to help him uh, locate and gather all these items uh, from around the base? Yes, you can just ping the list directly to her. Ping her? But I just met her. <laughs> oh, come on. <sighs> I'll go find her. I meant it, Calvert. I really appreciate it. Huh? Oh, it's it's nothing. I need your full attention on my problem, not yours. Once I have what I need, it'll only take about 15 minutes. To be honest, I'm not sure why you didn't do this yourself. Because, as you so kindly pointed out, I don't have the know-how to just build something like that out of odds and ends. Just get Exoplanetary to send you a server. Exoplanetary doesn't know what I'm doing. What? What do you mean? I thought you moved to a theme park because you had a mental breakdown. They send me out to fix these problems and give me the leeway to do what I see fit. But they don't know that I'm attempting to rehabilitate and socialize these sentients. It started with Lucy. But in the last few months, I've saved hundreds of sentients and helped them find new lives. But why? Because I can't bring myself to destroy any being who can think and feel. Well, they're, they're sophisticated machines. They feel real because we want them to feel real, but but they aren't. They simply aren't. They're just meant to seem real. You know that, right? There are scientists and engineers who feel the same way I do. These sentients need to have their civil rights recognized. Civil rights? Oh, come on, Ben. You have to realize that someone from Exoplanetary, someone who isn't your brother, is going to notice you taking home all these strays. And what do you think will happen next? Hmm? Do we Fired, that's what. You'll be fired and you'll be out there, space helmet in hand, begging for work on some asteroid and trying desperately to rebuild your life. What if that doesn't matter to me? Then you have some nerve telling me that I don't have any common sense. This isn't just an idea or a theory or an abstract concept. Look, look, I sympathize. When they created the very first computer that thought and felt, it was a huge success economically. 
Socially, it's confusing because it leads us down an intellectual cul-de-sac humanity's visited before. The divinity of objects. All of the shrines and temples we left behind on Earth and didn't rebuild up here. Why not? Uh, impractical. Relics. Finger bones of saints and high lamas. No more useful than any other corpse. We're confused again because these things can tell us I hurt, I pine, I imagine, I dream. But the truth is, they, they, they can only do these things because we built them to do these things. We have the notion that it might make them easier to deal with, but all that acting and thinking like a human does is make them imperfect machines. Frankly, I'm, I'm ashamed for my part in their creation. In another 10 years, we're going back to ordinary, soulless robots. You wouldn't be the first scientist who didn't understand the full potential of his own work. Ha! <laughs> well, it's good to see you, though. <laughs> this will be a fun couple of weeks. <laughs> couple of weeks? Well, it will take a while to get there and back, and then we have to travel back once it's all done. We'll need Vladimir. Vladimir! And, and your android, Laura. Lucy. Lucy, right. Because we're heading to Earth. Wait, Earth? Why are we going to Earth? Well, I can't build what I need out here. These transportation arches could, could fit across a rugby pitch. I mean, the hardware I can find up here, we can bring it with us. But there's no room to build what we're building. That, and we need to release a guidance satellite in orbit. And there's just too much traffic out here. Earth is nice and inconspicuous, and, and Dustin is there. Now, now, would it be nice to see Dustin? I feel woozy. We're going to take machinery to the Earth, a radioactive wasteland, oh, and then we're going to... Oh, you. <laughs> it's no more radioactive than anywhere up here. Wear a lead bib if you're concerned. To build a machine, to teleport yourself to a planet in another galaxy to stop a possible time paradox you created. Well, yes, but more importantly, to stop this other exoplanetary project that's gone horribly wrong. Uh, Vladimir, tell him. Tell him what? Uh, look, Mr. Arachnidian... Mm, please, I'm a revolutionary. Just Vladimir is fine. We need to have as much space as possible. And frankly, a, a damp, abandoned workshop in a theme park isn't going to pass muster. This is my office. Are things that bad? We're going to need some privacy as well. Uh, where is your android? <laughs> I will help you, if only to get you out of my hair. But you have to treat these sentients in my charge with respect. Her name is Lucy. Treat her like a person. For all intents and purposes, she is one. A person? Have you seen how he treats people, though? Hmm. Point taken. Fine. We need to get all of this loaded into your ship. After we're on the road, I'll be super gentle with everyone's feelings, all right? Can I help you with anything? Uh, nearly done, actually. Can I ask you a question about the space you're building for the Tods? <laughs> the Tods? Sounds like a euphemism for an unpleasant disease. I've got a bad case of the Tods, man. 
What's it like in there for them? What do you mean? What will they experience? Oh, well, it's just a virtual environment. It's like uh, living in a pleasant memory of childhood, a village on a terraformed world, you know, fresh air, birds, and all that. That might be disorienting for them. I don't think they've seen anything like that. Their old home was sealed up, and they were all indoor appliances. Well, they can stay inside then. There are a number of houses. They can they can all go into the same cottage and play bridge all day. It, it's it's their world. <laughs> Why are you so hostile? <sighs> because I resent being responsible for someone else's happiness. What, what has Ben told you about our childhood? Nothing. Well, it wasn't a happy one. Lives aren't really happy out here, you know. Families like the one that owned these 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 devices, they're they're sealed up in a tin can on a rock out in space, agoraphobic in the extreme, an environment none of us are built to survive. My mother worked all day. Now, when I tell you that, I'm not exaggerating. She would leave on Monday morning, and we might not see her until Wednesday. We had to look after ourselves, all of us kids. We turned out all right, I suppose, but we're like everyone else stuck out here in these highly controlled environments. We're nuts. And then someone invented an android who could empathize with you crazy humans. Androids who were able to relate to you and help you be seen in the world. Well, it's a good simulation, but but I, I can see the wheels turning in your head. Almost literally. You're looking at me with compassion and, and batting your eyelashes. But the thing you think is a personality, a soul, it's just a very sophisticated operating system. You, you, you don't really feel anything. How do you know that? Because I do. I helped build an early prototype. Well, maybe I am only a machine. Maybe I'm just trained to feel things and act like a human. Maybe my soul is an operating system, a program. My question for you is, how is that different from what you have inside of you? What? What do you mean? You're a very selfish man deep down. Sure, you're trying to save the day here, make things right. But who's to say that all of this isn't just the product of years of your own programming? A difficult childhood, yes. A lonely existence? Very little positive reinforcement? But all your quirks and unpleasant reactions are just the result of bad input. Those cold little eyes of yours are just an error screen. You can blink and reboot, but you're just running the same junk over and over again. That's why you're unhappy. That's why you're jealous of me. Even if I don't fit your standards of humanity, I'm content. I even think I'm happy most days, and that infuriates you. You're broken and you can't download an update. You're stuck this way. How, how dare you? Oh, I am feeling something. I'm, I'm really upset. I don't like being cruel, but I'm beyond sick and tired of hearing people talking about my lack of humanity, my inauthenticity. Most people who feel that way are usually missing a few marbles themselves, and I don't feel like taking it anymore. If we're going to be shipmates on this little adventure, I just want to set the record straight 
I suppose you want an apology. It couldn't hurt. I haven't really changed my mind. Oh, shocking. But I can see why Ben likes you. Thank you. And look, it is complicated in my head, but I kind of appreciate that you see that. (laughs) I can see the wheels turning. So, why are you cradling that toaster? Oh, oh, I nearly forgot. Todd had something he wanted to say to you. Oh, man. You heard all of that? Now I'm down again. No, no, it's passing. Lay it on me, Todd. Yeah, awkward. Sorry. I was looking for a point to jump in, but you were having a... moment. Tell him, Todd, sweetie. Well, it kind of ties in with what you were talking about, actually. What are you planning to use for an operating system for this teleportation art you're creating. That's going to be the biggest part of the job. I'm going to have to program something. It will likely take me a week or two. Well, the guys and I were talking, and frankly, we all want to be of some help. We were thinking we could be the operating system. Would that work, Calvert? It would. Oh, I I need to make a, a, a few changes in your environment, but if six of you were on the job in shifts, it would still be 20 times more effective than anything I could put together. Are you sure you want to do this? The whole idyllic village thing sounds fine and all, but we're accustomed to working. I think all of us Todds will be much happier for doing something to earn our keep. It's a matter of knowing ourselves. Self-awareness, Calvert. Isn't it just grand? Yes, yes, Lucy. Point taken. We lost again. No, just wondering if I'm ever going to outgrow this sort of antagonistic relationship with my brother. <laughs> Another way that your people are like mine. You have brothers and sisters? One of each. Do you all get along? <laughs> my friend, I'm a revolutionary who has spent a quarter of my life as a political prisoner, so we don't really talk. My family is actually quite embarrassed of me, but I had my ideals, and they were important to me, so many relationships fell by the wayside. But you don't regret that? My mother was long dead before the revolution entered my life. The others are deeply superficial people, so no, I can't say I regret it, but... Yes? Part of me always thinks that someday... Once we topple the Empress and we start finding our own way as a society, maybe they'll see that I wasn't as crazy as they think I am. But then I think, I think about all of the impossible things that need to happen before that comes to pass, and then I start to wonder if I am crazy after all. (laughs) Such is the curse of idealism. Yeah, if I change the way the world works, maybe they'll finally understand me. (laughs) But we can't change, can we? Humans have the legend of Sisyphus, who's cursed to roll a Roll boulder the boulder up. Yeah. up the hill, and then it rolls down. But he goes back and tries it again for all of eternity. Uh, yeah, we know that one. Our empress suppressed our culture and replaced it with yours. Oh, sorry. But once you start with that boulder, it's impossible to give it up. Is it addiction? Is it habit? No, it's just a preoccupying madness. In the end, maybe Sisyphus is happy? Hmm. Hi there. Hi. I think I will stretch my legs. 
Let me know if you need me. So, things ready? Yeah, yeah, there's been a pretty amazing development, actually, with uh, the operating system. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you about it later, but uh, I just wanted to tell you... You don't have to go. No, no, I want to. I've been thinking... Uh, No, 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 hey, 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 let me me say this, let me say this. I don't give you enough credit, Ben. You're a compassionate guy with beliefs. I've never believed in things, at least not like that. So it's hard for me to see things your way. We're very different people, but that doesn't mean I don't respect you. Really? Well, respect is usually mutual. Oh, oh sure. It, it, it has to be. So? Do, do I respect you? Well, absolutely. Glad absolutely. to hear it. Uh, enough to pay me back my money? You know, um, let's revisit that after this is all over. I'll have to call my personal banker. It's, it's fine. It's fine. So... When I was in the 21st century, I learned about a thing called hugging it out. Mm -hmm. Should we hug it out, bro? Would hugging make this conversation less awkward? Goodness, no. I'll settle for you steering the ship for a while. Deal. You have been listening to Exoplanetary, an ingenious complication... Written by C. Christopher Hart. Performed by... David Loftus as Ben Wolverton. Chloella Brading as Lucy. C. Christopher Hart as Calvert Wolverton. Justin Atkins as Vladimir. Sean Brading as Thompson. And Curtis Anderson as the Todds. Produced by C. Christopher Hart. Original music provided by Jacob Jensen. Sound effects by Danger Marshall. This play, the characters, situations, and associated intellectual property. Copyright 2015 and 2017 by C. Christopher Hart. All rights reserved. Recorded in the Bigfoot Podcasting Studio, located at Ned Space in sunny Portland, Oregon. We just wanted to take a moment to thank our patrons, and Furiel and Alicia have decided to join me for this. Hello. First off, I want to thank Justin Olson. Rhiannon Devlin. Dennis McCrandall. Taza McDoom. Pete Munster. Darcy Hogan. Christy Smith. I know Christy Smith. Who's, who is it? <laughs> She's Trevor's aunt. Oh. She's so great. Yeah. Thanks. Hi, Christy. <laughs> oh, and Cherry. Uh, Sherry. Sherry. Gold- I'm sorry, Cherry. I don't. Cherry Goldstein. And Janine Lane. Danger Marshall. I know him. <laughs> so do I. How you doing, Danger? <laughs> Danger Zone. Nancy Steinberg. Alicia Huni. And I know her. <laughs> Who is that? She sounds awful. <laughs> Malik Shabazz. Nick Dekatch. Rebecca Thomas Maurer. 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 Rebecca Thomas Maurer. <laughs> Rebecca, ask your husband how he pronounces his last name. Yes, please. And then Get give us there. a lesson. Yes. <laughs> Drew Anderson. Andy McDonald. There's, that was an easy one. Yeah. I feel like I scored. And yeah. Dana Kearns. Bill Dalby. Joe Reshnick. Alistair Moon. Late Night Poems. Hi, Bobby. Yeah, and hi, Alistair, too. And Kate Boys. Well, we just wanted to thank you so much. If you wanted to contribute, we might read your name in an interesting way. <laughs> it's going to be patreon.com slash exoplanetary. And visit our website if for other options to, to send us money. Please send us money. I'm starving. No, we fed her. We we fed Alicia. We gave her trail mix. She's fine. Stop sending letters. Oh, speaking of which, uh, we're going to be bringing in a new option at Patreon. And 
I've decided to call it the Excellent Envelope. Ooh, and it, you're going you're gonna to see that on there now at Patreon. Basically what it is is that if you join us at that level, we will send you an envelope every month with something interesting inside. Might be a note, might be something. I don't know what it is yet. If you want to find out, you got to join. Mm-hmm. All right, and we're and it's going to be not just from Christopher, but from all of us, all, all of us of here, us. the cast yes. and crew, yes. and anyone else we can rope into doing. It. <laughs> okay. So, friends, you family, have... loved ones. Please, please, uh, we appreciate all of your support. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for helping make this a reality. Yay! Thank yes, you. thank you so much. 